Hey, Father Matters Show family. Will you show us some love? We want the Father Matters Show to be your community and family resource program by providing you right now answers for right now issues. Become a Father Matters Show champion by liking Father Matters on Facebook. If you miss us Saturday night, log on to blogtalkradio.com, soundcloud.com, or fathermatters.org and share the Father Matters Show with your friends and family. Thank you. This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. We are wrapping up two more weeks. Two more weeks of the best of 2016. Jeremy, we were only supposed to do this for the month of December. And we were getting the emails and getting the calls. We said we'll go one more week. Next thing you know, we decided. It is like uh, picking your favorite player in the NBA. There's too many these days. It's like, all right, we had to extend this. It, It was a must. So we are going to do one more week next week. So if you missed any of the best of 2016, log on to soundcloud.com, blogtalkradio.com. Go to the Father Matters website, fathermatters.org. Check out our Facebook page. Um, We have been having so much fun with the best of 2016. And what we're going to do, we're going to jump right into this one. This one is dear to my heart because it was a live recording at a mother-to-mother workshop. And we called this one uh, Broken Girl broken woman and these sisters these women should i say open their hearts so when you when you are listening to this if you're hearing this please do not judge any of these women because we may know someone that's going through the same exact thing or knew someone and for the ladies that's listening to the show you may have been through this or you know someone from your daughter your sister your auntie so we're going to jump right into this one it's called broken girl broken woman it was a live recording and they allowed us to bring the microphones in and they opened they unzipped their hearts and got real let's go ahead and run that jeremy 14 million people in the United States are alcoholics or abuse alcohol. They tell themselves they are not alcoholics because they never drink before 5 p.m. Or they make it to work every day or because dinner is always on the table on time. They know that excessive drinking can ruin lives through betrayal, broken promises, lost jobs, car accidents, and a host of other personal tragedies. The first time I got drunk, I was 11 years old, says Clark of Falls Church, Virginia. I was babysitting with my girlfriend. We broke into his father's liquor cabinet, and then we had a food fight. I never had so much fun in my life. That's because alcohol heads to the mind seat of emotion and pleasure called the nucleus acubines, which also houses gratification of hunger, thirst, and sex. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism calls alcohol the most widespread and damaging substance we have in society. People often start down the road to alcoholism in their teens or 20s, but stress later in life, a divorce in their 30s, a job loss in their 40s, the death of a loved one anytime can also push a life off course. 
has alcoholism or alcohol affected anyone in this room? And if it has, how? My dad was an alcoholic, and he used to work and started drinking after five and be drunk on weekends. And growing up, what did you see, and how do you think that it affected you as a mom, a grandma, an adult woman? It made me think that I was not going to be like that growing up, that I was not going to drink, and I was going to show my kids a better way of life. But how did it affect you growing up? I didn't have friends. I was afraid to have friends over. I didn't want anybody to see the way my dad was. Has alcohol affected anyone else in here? Yes. No, but... Wait, wait, yeah, we got time. (laughs) I got time. Okay, well, my situation... My aunt was the person that took care of me. My mother passed, and she took care... Supposed to have taken care of me. I ended up taking care of her. She was an alcoholic, um... And it bothered me to the point where I don't drink. I tried it. I didn't like it. And then watching her lay there, half drunk, husband coming home, no food cook, you know, having to deal with all of that as a child was not good. So that made me not want to drink. And I don't drink now. And do you think that affected you in your teens or your early adulthood? Oh, yeah, it did. To the point where... um, I didn't drink, but I, I earlier when I was younger, I used to smoke weed. You know, that was my supposed to be my outlet. But I found that that it really didn't help because the, the problems were still there. So the only thing I could see after that was trying to deal with my kids, my situation without dealing with those drugs because the drugs made it worse. You think they help. They don't help. They just hinder it. Thank you. For me, um, I grew up with my mom always partying with her boyfriend and everybody, all my family would come over. So when I grew up, um, I would party and everything. And right now I'm in a relationship with a guy who's an alcoholic. And it's hard because I know he's going through his thing and I'm going through mine. And... Now that I'm trying to get better for me and my kids, and I'm telling him the same thing, um, he feels left out, and I don't want him to go back to drinking. But I'm always telling him I'm there, but he needs to find his own help, too, because we can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. We have to have someone help us, because there's no way that we'll be able to do it. But with help, it does kind of get better. And it will get better. Yeah. Anybody else? Oh, I'm coming right back. Um, as for myself, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Um, both sides of my parents, or my both my parents were uh, alcoholics, and uh, basically, I saw my dad go through alcoholism first. You know, and uh, it actually took his life um, in 2012. Um, I didn't think that I was, you know, going to carry on or I didn't know there was a disease that could be passed on from your parents. And um, I actually came to um, 
the fact of that I have this disease and I have to live with it every day. And this disease that I have, you know, had me in, you know, so much denial and I put my kids through so much, you know, and, you know, when I finally came to realize, you know, that I have this disease and I need help for it, you know, I was, it, it led me to the streets. I mean, it, it overtook every part of me, you know, I had to give up my kids, you know, it took my job from me, you know, it just, everything that, that, that I should have been focused on was, wasn't what I thought it was going to be just because of alcohol, you know, and, and that's just how I'm, I'm dealing with it now. But, you know, I came to a state of mind that I have this disease and I accept it. But right now I choose to do what I need to do to get myself better for myself and my kids. And did you see some things growing up that you think that no child should have saw because of alcohol? Yeah. I used to come home, see my dad passed out every day. Sometimes I would um, come back and see my dad naked on the couch or... I would see um, just all kinds of different kind of people, you know, in our house that I didn't even, who I didn't even know. And then I would see my dad, you know, kissing on other women while my dad, while my mom was at work. So I, I did see quite a bit, you know, and, and with uh, my older brother, you know, when my parents divorced because of my dad's alcoholism, he would start bringing a whole bunch of friends back. So I kind of started thinking that was a life that I wanted because my older brother looked, made it look like his parties were fun with all his friends there. So that's just kind of how it went when I was growing up. And do you think that might have affected uh, some of the ra- relationships that you had with men? Did you date men who pretty much had that kind of habit as your dad? And was that destructive? Yeah. Um with my relationships, you know, they were all alcoholics or had some sort of um, drug problem. And um, they also had, um, they were very abusive, you know, because my dad used to be abusive towards my mom. So I thought it was, I actually grew to the fact thinking that it was natural to have a relationship like that because that's what my mom has gone through. And sometimes we got to realize you will remember I said earlier this morning, our kids don't do what we say, they do what we do. And if we allow ourselves to be abused or if we abuse substance or pornography or things like that, and if we keeping those type of people around us, our kids must say it must not be that it must not have been that bad because mom stayed in the relationship. So then we get into relationships and you're dating the same type of man, marrying the same type of man that your father was. And that's and that's and I share this a lot, especially with the men. Our daughters most likely will marry the same type of man that we are. And our sons would most likely grow up to be the same type of man that we are. So I would say to the mom, to the women, your daughters will most likely grow up to be like you. And your sons most likely will grow up to get in relationships to maybe even marry someone just like you. Anybody else want to touch on alcoholism? We're going to move to abuse. Can you read abuse? What does that say? Drug abuse. Racism and airism. Right, so we're going to talk about abuse, physical, mental, oh, okay. 
and verbal. That's okay. That's all right. Because under abuse, because we had alcoholism, basically you could tie drug abuse in with adultery, right? And you could tie pornography, because if you're into pornography, most likely there's alcoholism, most likely it's drug abuse, most likely if uh, somebody is married and involved with all this stuff, that might most likely be adultery. But we're going to talk about definitely mental. So abuse, physical, mental, and verbal. Here are some under... Abuse. Listen to this. Domestic violence can range from a gunshot to a look. And here are some under physical abuse. Beating, biting, choking, grabbing, hitting, kicking, pinching, pulling hair, punching, pushing, restraining, scratching, shaking, shoving, Slapping, excessive tickling, twisting arms, using weapons, spankings, smothering, and tripping. All of these fall under domestic violence. From a look to a gunshot. A look is considered domestic violence. Here are some of the mental abuse. Put downs, name calling, mind games, extreme controlling behaviors, conditional affection, loss of identity. And here are some under verbal abuse, threats to end the relationship, threats to do harm emotionally or physically, threats to life, to take the children, to commit suicide, to report to the authorities, forcing the abused to break the law. And here are more forms of abuse slash domestic violence, economic abuse, property violence, silence and isolation, spiritual abuse, Stalking, power, and humiliation. Anybody want to touch on domestic violence? Has it affected you? Have you been in, in involved with it, a victim of it? You saw it growing up? Well, I was a victim of physical abuse. My first husband was an alcoholic, and he used to beat me, and he stabbed me once in the stomach, and he used to throw me up against the walls and and put his arms around my throat. And my second husband was mental abuse and verbal abuse. But he didn't so much drink. I've been a victim of mental and verbal abuse. Mental so bad that I would have guys play mind games with me so bad to the point where I didn't know who I was anymore and I believed everything they said because my mind was being messed with so bad and verbal, I was being trapped into relationships because if I left, they would tell me they would do something to me and I didn't want that to happen, so I would have to stay in that relationship, but yeah. I've been in uh, three major relationships, and all three of them were abusive, but it was always one would be much worse than than the other one, and then the other one would be worse than the other one. So it was just like it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And my last uh, relationship, who I'm um, in the process of wanting to get a divorce with, he's been in, in and out of prison for nine years. 
And um, it took me a very long time, you know, to understand how much, you know, I was abused and, you know, how much he was a trigger in my life to, you know, let alcohol be the solution, you know, to make me feel numb towards everything that he's put me through. Because to this day, I still have flashbacks. And the last incident I had with him before he left for prison a year and a half ago was before he threw that spear at his cousin and almost took his life. I didn't even bother to think of to report that he had stabbed me with that spear in the arm and in the in the thigh because I was trying to protect him because I was thinking this is my this is my baby's daddy and you know he's already been in in and out of prison and and I and he really he really made me feel like I needed him there. And I took all that pressure upon myself because he practically brainwashed me and he put me down so low thinking that he had me thinking that he was the only one out there for me and who he that I, I, I needed him like I needed his approval of who I was. And he just put me down so low that I thought I was only good enough for him. Like I couldn't get anybody else. I couldn't be with anybody else. So that's how I started putting myself out there. And I and I treated myself like trash because of all the abuse that I went through verbally, mentally, physically, economically, like everything. I went through everything with this man and I just I can't do it no more. I can't. I'm done. I feel I feel like I'm just done. So when we share the information that we share as adult women, how did it affect you? In your childhood, because when you were sharing that you was with men that would say things to you and you would say, I'm not going to leave because I believe that. What made you even want to stay in a relationship like that or even end up being in a relationship like that? Because I felt like no one else was going to love me and that if I left... I wouldn't have anything else again because that person truly loved me and didn't want to do those things to me, but did those things. And I thought that they didn't, I felt bad for them, you know, like, oh, they didn't really mean that, you know, they said sorry already, so it's okay. But then they kept on doing it. So I stayed hoping that it was going to change, even though I knew what the outcome was going to be. If I can ask anyone this question and let me know. Do you think the relationship or the lack of the relationship that you had with your father affected you in a way that we made some of the choices that we made as adult women? Um, My stepfather was very abusive. He was physical, mental, sexual, verbal, everything. And I... So I, growing up, there's there's a two of my last boyfriends that um, I kind of just let them do whatever they wanted just because I felt like I wasn't good enough and just because I kind of grew up like that. And so I definitely feel like um, the, the relationship I had with my stepfather, because my real dad died when I was four, so I didn't have a relationship with him. But with my stepfather, because of everything that happened, I definitely feel that it impacted my relationships with my boyfriends. And a, and a lot of times, and thank you for sharing that, and a lot of times when little girls, when things like that happen to little girls, that's what they put value on. 
and they think, well, if my dad did it or if my dad was out of my life or if my stepdad did it or if my uncle did it, and they always say things like, well, this is how we express love or this is special, all the other bull crap that they say, it, it, it makes young girls think, well, I have to look a certain way, be a certain way, and then as soon as the first kid come along and say, wow, you're beautiful and I'll never hurt you, you, you hang on those words. And then when he knows that he got you because he knew who you were and what he can say to you, he know it because abuse attract abuse. Remember what I was saying earlier? We don't attract in life who we want. We attract in life who we are. Because there could be one woman walk by and the guy will look at that woman and he will know in his heart, in his spirit, that person won't take that crap. But the next woman can walk by and it's like, man, all I got to do is say, you look nice today. You carry yourself the way you want to be treated. You show people and you allow people to treat you the way you want to be treated. And a lot of that has to do with the breakdown of relationships, with the breakdown of fatherhood, stuff that you saw growing up. Father Matters proudly presents our supervised parenting center for fathers. The center is only for fathers and their children to provide supervised parenting and monitored exchanges. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org or call 602-774-3298. The purpose is to provide a protected setting for parent-child contact. Hours of operation, Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Father Matters Supervised Parenting Center for Fathers. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org or call 602 702- 774-3298. That was Broken Girl, Broken Woman. Log on to the Father Matters website, soundcloud.com, blogtalkradio.com. You can get that whole show in its entirety. And if I can ask you, as we kick it into the new year, we can really, really, really use your financial support. Partner with us. Do a, become a $20 a month partner, a one-time gift of $20, a one-time gift of $50 or $100. We are listener-supported, and all of our programs and services are free to the community. Fellas, February 15th, join us for our Fathers Mentoring Fathers Workshop. Log on to fathermatters.org for more information. Do you have a daughter at home? Do you have a sister? Do you have a mom or auntie? That was a heavy, heavy show. And this is what our daughters, this is what our sisters are going through. And if you are a father with daughters or a daughter like me, man, we have got to step up, stay up and show up. These were such precious women. These were basically uh, some of them at who attended this workshop were grown women still dealing with little girl issues, trying to to reach out and reach up to daddy. And if daddy wasn't there, anything and everything, meaning people, the men, boys, uh, they would just say, do whatever to me that you want. Just give me love, you know. And and I, I used to say this a lot in the workshop. Broken girls will give us sex for love. 
Broken boys will give girls love for sex. But we got to stop all this exchanging and we got to really unzip our hearts and get raw and get real. February 15th, we're having our Father's Mentoring Father's Workshop. So tune in, plug in again, consider becoming a, a, a partner of Father Matters so we can keep this radio show on the air. So we got one more next week and it's going to be finding your passion with Michael Freeman. So thank you for tuning into the Father Matters show and send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel, and we'll see you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week and God bless.